What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 44 of the Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Randy. And I'm your host, Konu. And pitchers and catchers have reported the team had their first full squad workout today, and the first spring training game is only five days away. So there's a ton of stuff coming out, plenty of reports, plenty of updates on players, uh, what guys have thrown in the bullpen, so much stuff to get started. Uh, first thing we want to do, though, is finish up our MLB Top 100 players. We had given you guys... I want to say it was the, it was 41 to 100. They finally released the last within the last week. So very quickly, quickly, we had Bueller coming in at 40, Kershaw coming in at 38, Seeger at 24, Bellinger at number 10, and then Mookie Betts at number two. I did have a question for you because we've been seeing a lot of arguments. Do you think there's a chance in the next year or two, maybe Betts overtakes Trout at some point for that number one spot? Or do you think Trout's going to be number one as long as he plays? Uh, I don't know. I bets could take overtake um, trout, but I feel like I, I don't know what to do with these lists. Cause I think I brought it up to you. I have no idea. I, the lists are stupid. Yeah. It's um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, he has a shot, but I think if anyone has a really good shot, it's probably um, Juan Soto. Yeah. Or that's true. Tatis Jr. Yeah. No, I was just curious because I looked a little deeper when that list came out. Like, I, I've got no problem saying Trout's the best player in baseball. The dude is insane, uh, what he's done, his numbers. But I took a little closer at the stats, and I don't want to say they're, like, very, very close, but I almost feel like they're closer than people want to give them credit for because Mookie's defense is so elite, and Trout's is, I mean, that dude barely has any war his entire career from defense. Uh, not very good. He's had negative war seasons multiple times. And, but he steals bases and his hitting makes up for it. So it's just an argument I see his, on Twitter. His hitting is absolutely ridiculous. I don't yeah. think people understand how ridiculous. No, it's is at hitting yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's so like, he puts up almost a 10 war every season, just off hitting. Like that's insane. Bellinger in his MVP season put up like a 10 point something and like three or four of those points alone. I like maybe two or three of them were from defense. So defense. like, yeah, he's putting up. Because uh, I think Mookie right now is three years behind him career-wise, uh, three seasons behind him. And Mookie right now would have to average uh, 10 war a season for the next three years to have the same war as Trout 10 seasons through. And I don't think there's any chance in that happening because Mookie would no. have to play at like his 2018 level, like uh, every single season. And that even alone is insane. So yeah, I don't know. Like, Mookie's Mookie's good. Mookie's goddamn good, but yeah. trying to catch Trout, it, it's it's going to be impossible. But I think Soto can do it because I think Soto might be the best hitter in baseball. Yeah. Um, that he's. I I don't even know. Sometimes I just watch him. I don't even know what to say. It's it's truly amazing to watch him hit. I will say I've never had MLB TV until this last year because like being in LA I didn't need it I would just watch Sportsnet now I don't now not being in LA uh I have MLB TV and I'm actually really looking forward to catching some national games and the Dodgers aren't playing because yeah what Juan Soto does on a field is insane uh but yeah yeah I, I don't want to my, my coach was like if you want to see what real good hitting looks like watch Juan Soto so I started watching some I mean I've seen games obviously when they play the Dodgers but I started watching a little more this past weekend my goodness yeah, he's insane. And uh, I don't want to I don't want to stick too long on this because we got a lot of other stuff. But speaking of Juan Soto, we will actually be seeing him very early on in the season. 
First things first, Dan Caston sent a video to fans on Friday saying that he hopes fans will be allowed at the stadium come opening day, which is April 9th against the Nationals. As we know, the Dodgers start on the road in Colorado. Uh, he did say it wouldn't be a full stadium, but that he hopes fans will still be allowed to attend. So as we hear more about that, we will keep you guys updated. Uh, the prices you see floating around on Twitter right now, $8,000 for a bleacher seat. That is just third market fans trying to hope a dodger fan is desperate enough to buy the ticket don't spend your money on those tickets yeah just don't spend your money at least until the dodgers say they're actually allowing fans because you don't want to go through that whole refund process that we all had to deal with last year uh when all these games got postponed and canceled so once we have more info on the tickets we will let you guys know uh last week we recorded our podcast and of course, minutes after we finished recording our podcast, uh, we found out that Josh Spores was in fact traded to the Texas Rangers. So he will not be coming back to the Dodgers like we thought he might be. Uh, he was DFA to make room for Bauer, but the Dodgers did trade him to the Rangers for pitcher John Zambrano. Uh, did you have a chance to look at any, any of his yeah. stuff? Is uh, he... Well, it's honestly, it's He's hard not, to find. not 40, man, right? Honest. No. Oh, no, because he was DFA. But a lot of things. I was uh, dfa it was it was hard to find about Zambrano. Uh, the things I found was that he's 19. He got signed out of that 2018 class from Venezuela. Uh, he signed for $300,000. He's only had that one minor league season in 2019 in low A ball. Um, he pitched 60 innings. He struck out 52, but he walked 16. Uh, his area was 2.55. So he seems to have like some control issues, but I think he did a good job at limiting damage, especially as a 19-year-old. But again, not much is not much else is known about him because there's just nothing there. I've looked all over. Um, so obviously it's just like a throwaway trade since Spores was uh, DFA'd, but you know, maybe the Dodgers can strike gold because they tend to do that sometimes. Yeah. That seems to be their thing. The development is fantastic in this organization. So we will see what happens. Good luck to Spores in uh, Texas. I always kind of got to say, I always kind of feel bad for players when they get traded to a lowly team, especially like not even a good brand like a good organization like poor dylan floro got sent over to miami marlins after winning the world series and josh spores on his way to well, at least the marlins had made rangers. the playoffs last yeah. year the rangers weren't close yeah, to i'm anything. not sure what you're doing in the al west with the rangers so uh hopefully he hopefully he at least gets to play that is the thing about yeah. these trades yeah, is yeah. because he was a dfa guy they have to put him on the 40-man roster i believe it is uh or is it yeah. Either way, they have to. He, he'll get more playing time, more than he ever would have gotten in LA. So good luck to him. Um, we got a little bit more information from Andrew Friedman about the luxury tax. We've been talking about it a little bit since the Turner and Bauer signing. How much the Dodgers have kind of catapulted over that. However, good news is we don't have to worry too much about it. The Dodgers and Andrew Friedman aren't worried about the luxury tax and may try and make trades. However, he did say he would not be surprised if they do not get under the 250 uh, million threshold. They would like to, but he did say his primary focus is winning the World Series again, which is what every fan wants to hear. So I say screw it, spend all the money, and uh, who cares? We have a chance to win another World Series. We have basically close enough to the same team last year that there's no reason to think that this team couldn't win again. Uh, so I love hearing our front office, especially after a season where they had no fans. I'm glad that their focus is still winning and not, Hey, we did it for our fans. Now let's go chill so they can leave us alone. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it certainly seems like they don't care about uh, the money, but I honestly, I don't tend to believe what players, managers and the higher ups say, because I mean, they all lie a lot. Um, 
I believe they have until the the end of the season to get under that, right? So I th- I would yeah. expect them. I so the way I took it is they're not rushing, but I believe they have every intention of getting under that two under that 250, 40 over, especially so their pick doesn't drop ten spots and they aren't taxed like forty two point five percent. So I, I think they'll try to get under that at least. Yeah, I agree. Um... Like I wouldn't be surprised if sometime during spring training or sometime during the season that Joe Kelly's no longer on this team. Yeah, I would not be surprised by any of that. I fully expect them to try and do something along those lines. Uh, I fully expect for them to get under it, but I'm glad that it's not like at the forefront of their mind that they're like, we have to do this and they have to trade someone away where if they decide we like the team we have and the offers just aren't giving us what we want, that they're not just going to be okay. Let's trade it. They're willing to take that hit. Uh, so like we mentioned last week, when it comes to this team, drafting 10 spots back, isn't a big deal. Um, Hey, I just, I just want to win again. So if they can go out and do that, that yeah, would be fair. great. Um, talking about games though, Good news. Well, good news if you have Sportsnet LA. Uh, they will be broadcasting all of the Dodgers 29 spring training games this year and more than 150 regular season games. So if you got Sportsnet LA, great. If you don't, I'm sorry. Uh, we're still dealing with this BS where they black out markets. It's stupid. It shouldn't be like that. Um, so hopefully you can find a way, watch those games for free, take all the who cares. If they're not going to give it to us, find them illegally and stream it. Who cares? Just that's yeah, that's how you gotta do it. Yeah. Find find Anyways. a way to watch your game, tweet it out on Twitter. Someone will hit your DMs with a Reddit link and uh you'll be good to go. Find a way to watch the team. Don't don't let don't let them uh get to you. But try to keep it as hush as possible because the more people then they're likely to shut it down. Yeah, we have seen some streams get shut down. Uh, the UFC, they've, UFC is now <laughs> threatening to go after people who stream the games. I don't think it's going to end up that far in baseball, but like, just don't, don't I watch broad- that shit anyway. So, uh, yeah, we, oh, I did too. But I just like, yeah, just, just, yeah, don't be loud about it. Like, if someone DMs you, just be like, dope, thanks, and keep it on the hush because a lot of people, we, we need those links until MLB gets their shit together um speaking of well not speaking of i spoke about turner up in the josh no i didn't i spoke about turner in the luxury tax but the trade or not the trade sorry the resigning became official when the dodgers moved caleb ferguson to the 60-day il uh he had tj surgery in 2020 and is not expected to return this year so that is unfortunate there for ferguson but we got justin turner back so good news there spring training games are expected to be five to seven innings this year um it to start, I should say, they won't be like that. I want to believe it's like March 13th, March 14th, something like that. They will start going to full length. Um, they're playing five to seven innings because they don't have as many minor leaguers there as they would in years past. So they would usually use minor leaguers to maybe clean up the, the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, let the guys get a rest until they kind of build up their strength. Not going to be happening that way. So early on, we will see five to inning games. Uh, I'm not upset about it. I hate watching the end of spring training games. However, I do feel bad for some of those players who might be on the cusp of either being promoted to a new level or maybe have the chance to make a big league game who now may lose out in it bat a game. Uh, yeah, that, so, that's the that's the big thing because I'm hoping it's at least seven innings. So at least some minor leaguers that are actually there uh, can get some work in. I, I get, it makes sense because the major leaguers are out after pretty much five or they get two or three at bats, but um, 
since there's a 20 pitch maximum that could also be affected by it or that could be a rule in effect is a 20 yeah. pitch maximum that could also affect how players get at bats um so and it's imperative for you know people like McKinstry and Beatty and Rios and Lux and other young guys to get as many at bats as possible so we can see how you know they develop and how things play out so it, it's going to be interesting from that aspect if they can't get those two or three at bats as usual yeah, that that is the down uh, the downside of it. Hopefully, they are doing some inter squad games along the way too to kind of help keep those guys. I know a couple other teams are doing that for this exact reason. They will be doing inter squad games. Uh, I didn't know this was a thing, but I've heard about it. Apparently, if it's a nationally televised, which I didn't even know they did nationally televised spring training games. Apparently, if it's nationally televised, they have to play all nine innings uh, because of contract reasons. So. If they're on national TV, oh, yes. some, some games are on ESPN, I think. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. I've always watched it through Sportsnet or MLB yeah. TV. So uh, that, that's where we've gotten the great mic'd up players. Oh, that's where that comes from. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if it's a nationally yeah. or nationally, got Mookie. I, I ain't got this one, boys. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> if we have a. Oh, I love this. I wish they would do more mic'd up, especially during spring training, like during a regular season post or uh, those postseason mic'd up games. I hated that. That stressed me out so much. I wish they would do more mic'd up. I don't necessarily need them doing it during regular season, but screw it. Like during spring training, I say go spring, all for yeah. it. Spring training and all-star games are fun. You can do yeah. that. And you know what I else. do want to see? Speaking of this is Trevor Bauer has his own vlog. Like I doubt MLB would ever imagine or would ever allow it to happen. But could you imagine if he was like wearing a GoPro on the mound, why he pitched, like how cool that would be or on his chest or something like that for his, like, I'm excited to see his YouTube content this year to see what behind the scenes stuff he gives us. Uh, but I, I kind of want like him to mic himself up and I want to see all these guys mic'd up. Cause if we're getting fans back in the stadiums, we're not going to hear as much as we did last year. And uh, I had a lot of fun with that audio, those hot mics last year. That was great. So <laughs> I hope we get a lot more of that this year. You mean um, Jock was great? Oh, Jock is a Jock is a show out there. What was it? it was like? Oh, he said like every word in the book He's in a matter a of few. like ten seconds. Yeah, so Jock funny. is funny on the field. He, there's also that <laughs> that still picture of him back in like 2019 flipping off Dozier as he runs to first base because he was all pissed off that Dozier got him out, made a nice play. Jock's always doing stuff like that, and it's so funny to me. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that content, but. Back to uh, our notes, five to seven inning games to start midway through March. You can expect to start looking for nine inning games. Um, unfortunately, this bums me out a lot because I feel like this is one of those players that is on the cusp of kind of figuring out his spot in the organization. But Kyber Ruiz has yet to show up to camp due to issues he's having with his visa. Um, and when he does show up, he has to self-isolate. So he's losing healthy time right now to be out there and getting work in. And um I, I think we all know with him, we're going to start figuring out in the next few months because he'll have triple A season if they're going to keep. I think we all know they're going to keep Smith, but what's going to happen with Ruiz? So I hope he gets a chance out there. I want to see him with the big league guys, not just catching in triple A, let him get familiar with some of those guys just in case he does come up at some point. Um, so as soon as we have some news yeah. on that, we will let you guys know. I, I, that, I that think sucks. it's more of him needing to be here because because it's important for him to kind of rebuild his trade value. Um, I just, I don't see a way for him to be on this team just because I, Smith is going to be here. I don't think they're getting yeah. rid of Smith despite his lack of abilities uh, with calling pitches and, and catching, actually catching. 
Um, so just because what, what Smith does with the bat, I think it's for them, it's it's what they're, they're looking for. Um, so this is going to be about him just rebuilding his trade value and um, hopefully the Dodgers get something for Ruiz. Yeah, because he did in 2019. I remember his season ended early because he broke his finger, didn't get to play like last month or so. 2020 came around, unfortunately, no minor league season. He did get a game or two with the Dodgers at the big league level, but you're not going to hit a home run his first at bat, but yeah, yeah. that was it. Yeah, but unfortunately, that's not going to get the scouts talking much uh, just off that alone. So I do hope he gets a chance out there. He's been one of our top prospects for a while. We've seen him drop a little bit in rankings. Uh, But speaking of Smith and Barnes really fast, I'm not sure you might not have seen this. You said you hadn't uh, seen any that what was going on. But Roberts made a comment that I actually really liked about Smith and Barnes. He said he does not view Barnes as a backup catcher uh that he views Barnes is actually Barnes and Smith is one A and one B so that to me still feels like we're sitting on the line a little bit of there's guys like Kershaw and Bueller who maybe aren't ready to pitch to Smith and are comfortable with Barnes um I will say I'm curious to see how that goes with uh Bauer being a new pitcher and and Price both being some like Price is new because he didn't play the 2020 season so Smith nor Barnes got to really know him and Bauer I'm curious I'm curious to see if they have um Barnes and Smith both try Price and Bauer or if they give like one one or the other or how that's going to work uh because it matters we've we've seen it Barnes is fantastic behind the plate there aren't many better defensive catchers than him he does not get enough credit for what he does Smith still has plenty to learn behind the plate but the dude can rake so you gotta wait this might be a little weird but and I doubt this will happen but I wouldn't be mad if like Barnes caught Bueller Price and um, of course, Kershaw and um, Bueller. And then once they're out of the game, take Barnes out of the game and then insert Smith for his bat and go from there. I wouldn't yeah. be mad at that. That's not the worst case scenario. It's just the unfortunate thing that you if lose, something happens. Yeah, then you lose a catcher. Yeah. That's that's the, the odd part. But I mean, there was a part a few years ago where Puig was going to be the insurance catcher. So I don't know, maybe Beatty can catch or something. Who knows? Yeah. Beatty, Beatty is the emergency catcher as far as uh, oh, perfect. last year, last year, he was the was emergency just... catcher. Oh yeah. Okay. I thought, yeah. No, last year he was the emergency nope. catcher. <laughs> no, just, just spinning uh, people out. So, I mean, Hey, I could see it. I could see it. He kind of looks like he has a build of a catcher a bit. So I could, I could see him back there. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he played there in college. I just know he was the emergency backup catcher last year, but no, I, I, yeah, I'm on the same page there. It would be a little weird. I wouldn't necessarily mind it. I will say this is another one of those scenarios where the DH comes to bite the Dodgers in the ass because it would be yeah. great to DH Smith and have Barnes behind yeah. the plate. Absolutely. Um, so I, that was, I, that's what was working in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that was it. Fan, it was fantastic in the playoffs because we I needed. I feel like that's when they really yeah. turned it around in the Brave series. When they yeah. started figuring things out. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Some people still believe a DH will come back. Some believe it won't. Um, I can't imagine this team actually, or not the team, sorry. I can't imagine this league and the players actually agree on anything because let's just say the Seattle Mariners, I think it was CEO came out or president or whatever the hell he was, came out and said some really dumb shit over the last 24, 48 hours that I'm glad he He did. He was being honest. He was being honest. 
we need someone to come out and say these dumb things so we can start getting these people out of baseball uh, and fixing the issues with like service time manipulation. So I don't think the players union is very happy uh, with the ownership group right now. Cause I'm sure they, a lot of owners feel that way and they just aren't public about it. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how any type of negotiations go, but there's already plenty of talks about striking in 2022. So <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up for anything at this point. I'm just going to look forward to this season. And as of now, no DH and go from there back to, again, our spring training guys a little bit. We've heard of everyone throwing in the, uh, bullpen so far bullpen session, except for Mitch white and Joe Kelly. Both of them are a little sore and haven't started throwing yet as of February 20th. There was no update on this still. So as a Saturday, if you're listening to this, um, don't know what's going on. They have not mentioned anything. They haven't mentioned where the soreness came from, anything like that. So hopefully they kind of get it going a little sooner rather than later. But we also don't feel like they need to rush with those two just because I don't think they're, no no disrespect, I just don't think they're important to this team winning. Of course, every contribution helps, but I don't think they're big parts Mm -hmm. of this they're not yeah way. they're they're not people that have really are going to make an impact especially early on uh enough that it matters like this isn't like a year or two ago when we were like oh god we have no Kershaw or Bueller starting the season because they're yeah. hurt or whatever that was a little bit more stressful this the Dodgers yeah. absolutely can work around so uh not worried about it too much on the pitching side of things Roberts was asked about using a six-man rotation and he said I think that to think about that well that was a very weird way to word that uh let's just say to think about that at the outset probably unlikely but it's not crazy certainly given that we really don't know what to expect from playing 162 versus 60 games it's nice to it's nice to have those eight viable starters and at some point in time i would expect all of those guys to make a number of starts for us at some point anyways so kind of what we expected we maybe thought they'd use a six-man rotation kind of would make sense coming off a 60 game season but I also think they want to keep guys like Bueller, um, especially Bueller, Kershaw, and I think Bauer honest, honest, the normal rest, not trying to extend it. I think those guys, they really want to make sure are ready to go. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if like randomly throughout the season, we have six man rotation for like one week and then not for like another month, whatever the case they've done that in years past, uh, when we had stripling, like they'd add him in for a spot start and it'd make it a six man rotation for, this one rotate like one week and then we go back I just think it's interesting because it really cuts back on what you do with guys like Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin MLB put out an article today that I had sent you about the roster and they don't even have Tony Gonsolin on the opening day roster like he wasn't under starters and he wasn't under bullpen which means he's starting in AAA and looking at the names in the bullpen I don't totally disagree the only one in there that I could argue maybe to put Gonsolin in over would have been Scott Alexander but Alexander's a lefty so that's a different story and then my other option is Kelly but there can't do anything with Kelly he's going to be on the big league team so I don't really know what's going to happen with Gonsolin and yeah um yeah I don't know because Oh, I'm interested to see what happens with the rotation just because I think Bueller Kershaw and Bauer have their spots locked obviously, but I would like to see like a healthy competition for the last two spots between Urias, May, Price, and, and Gonsolin. Um, I think that'll make it interesting. Um, I, you, you sent me that thing about Tony G starting AAA, and while I can see that, I, 
I really want him to get a chance to compete for one of the last two spots. And if he loses out, I think he would be tremendous in the bullpen. I would take him over Alexander. We still have Victor Gonzalez, who I think will probably be better than Alexander anyway. Uh, I don't remember who else was in the bullpen, but um, I don't. as long as you can get both hitters out, I don't care. Vestia could also handle um, as far as lefties go. Maybe uh, Clevenger or Clevenger, however you say his name, helps as well. I, I would like to see Tony G in in the bullpen because I think I think he'd be great there. I mean, we've seen him do well there before, um, so I think it's something that he would excel at, and he could fit that Ross Stripling role pretty well. Now, obviously, if May also doesn't make the rotation, then May maybe gets the Stripling role, but uh, I think Tony G deserves that role. So, no, I agree. I, I agree with you. And same thing you said outside of Kershaw, Kershaw, Bueller, and Bauer. I would like to see it be a competition. I really am not the biggest fans of uh, the biggest fan of committing to certain position to certain players at certain positions when there is viable competition. Obviously, no one is replacing Bauer, Bueller, or Kershaw. So there's no question there. Um, I don't think anybody replaces Urias, but we don't know what we're getting from price yet. So I would like to see them go out there and say, look, th- maybe you are our starter, but you have to earn that spot because we have younger guys coming up ready to go. Um, and like I, price is the same thing. He's going to be on the big league roster. So I, I think he wants to be a starter so we can say that's the fourth, but either way, I agree with you. I want the competition. I want these guys to go out there and have to work. That's actually something Knavel touched on today. Uh, he says, there's a lot of dudes here. He was saying that there's so much depth that it makes for a really good competition that he felt really good uh, that the Dodgers wanted to trade for him. He said it was a big boost of confidence for him. So I think the competition is good inside uh, the clubhouse. And I think for guys like, Gavin Lux, this will be huge because you're not worried about competing with Kike. You might be a little worried about Taylor, but you know, Taylor can move around basically anyways. So I think it'll be good to have some of this competition going into the season. Um, That only, I don't want to say a handful of players, but most of the players have their spots locked up, but I think there are a couple, couple questionable marks in the bullpen um, and maybe even on the field. And I don't want to say questionable marks in the rotation. There's just so much talent in the rotation that I feel like we can't set, say this is the rotation right now. Uh, Cause anything could happen in spring training. So next part of this, we have heard a lot of interviews over the last week from coaches or well, mostly from Roberts Friedman and some players. So I pulled some of these quotes, kind of some stuff that's going on or just little information points to go over very quickly. But Roberts told reporters there was some question about Turner coming back and where Rios would play. And Rios will be getting some time at third base this season to help get Turner off of his feet. Turner is not expected to play any first base. I don't know why that was said. I don't know if a reporter asked us or asked Roberts if he would be playing first base. Uh, so I don't know why that was brought up, but Turner won't be ex- won't be playing first base if you thought that might be an option. Um, when it comes to Bueller. Roberts feels great about him, says that he looks better this year than he has in years past at spring training and said he looked very sharp in his first bullpen's uh, bullpen session on Friday. We mentioned this last week on the podcast that Bueller actually continued throwing throughout the offseason this year, which is not something he usually does. Uh, short game season, he wanted to keep the work going. So I'm actually really excited for him this He's year. He's going for those Cy Young kickers. Yeah, he's, he's, he's ready to go and he's... I, as long as he stays healthy, I don't see this being an issue for him. Um, 
then again, he's never thrown a short 60 game season and then continued to throw and then gone and played 162 game season. So, and then hopefully very deep into October. I'm not too worried about it. I think Bueller is one of those special talents that will be able to figure it out. Uh, I think with him, the biggest thing will be his blisters, which he actually discussed in his media session. And he hasn't had to deal with any of them since last, uh, since throwing last season. So that's great news. Cause that means he's been doing his bullpen sessions, uh, even back home and wasn't having any problems of it. He said, it's just a wait and see kind of thing, but that he's not super concerned. Um, another thing he also touched on, which I kind of feel like a lot of the fan base can relate to a little bit. Uh, we've heard some of the other players relate to this, but it came about the Dodgers winning the world series. And because the season was so short and there was no parade that he felt like they kind of only won half of the thing versus winning the whole thing. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of that in the fan base. Some of the players feel that way. It's not that the world series itself doesn't count as much. It's the fact that like, we didn't get all the good stuff afterwards. There was no yeah. parade. We didn't get to celebrate. The players didn't get to have that moment of like the fan base, just being like, oh my God, you guys are like having fans, tens of thousands of fans at a parade, like cheering them on. They don't even get to enjoy that. So uh, a couple other guys have used that actually as motivation to go into this year. So I'm super excited for that. They want to keep winning. Um, we always worry about stuff like the world series hangover. I'm not a basketball fan, but I follow a bunch of Laker fans because Dodger fans and Laker fans are the thing and are the, are in the same. And I got to say, it sounds like the Lakers, I don't know what's going on there, but I hope we don't have whatever hangover. It sounds like they're having, cause I can hear a bunch of their fans complaining on Twitter all the time. So uh, I'm glad our guys are ready to go. Cause that world series hangover can be real sometimes. And I don't want I mean, we that. Saw, we saw with the Dodgers in 2018 I mean they got back to the World Series but to start the 2018 yeah. season they were pretty yeah. brutal yeah so I, I I feel like maybe this is different it wasn't a full-blown 162 game season basketball they actually had to play way more games they had to stop and then start up again so their mm-hmm. bodies were probably taking way more of a beating um, but as for the Dodgers I just, I'm right there with them. I want that parade. I want to see them celebrate the whole thing. And I just want a packed stadium come October in LA, not in Texas, unless we're playing a Texas team. But if we're not, I want to be in LA or at the actual stadium of the team we're facing. So we'll have to see what's going on there. Um, Price, good news from him. He is looking forward to pitch for the Dodgers this season and said sitting out in 2020 was the toughest decision of his career. He said there were times where he thought about coming back, but that his arm just wasn't built up enough. He also pointed out how much relief it was for him when Urias got the final out of the World Series. He didn't want to have to sit around and think, could I have been the deciding factor? Could I have helped? So uh, he commented on how great he feels and said he is further along this spring training than he's ever been in his career. Roberts actually seems to think this year off for him could be huge. So I think both of us have been pretty excited for price since he was traded, especially when we saw yeah. what he did in his second spring training start last year. Um, yeah. I mean, his first one wasn't, he had some command issues, but it wasn't bad. He was still getting hitters out, but against the Rockies, he was really just striking them out, mowing them down. Definitely looked a lot better. And um, I can't imagine how he would feel if the Dodgers had lost because maybe he could have helped because we saw what he did in 2018 when he finally got the monkey off his back. Yeah. And he had struggled all postseason uh, before the 2018 uh, postseason. And that postseason, he, he really pitched well, starting and coming out of the bullpen. So 
I think he he definitely could have helped, and I can't imagine how he would feel knowing that he might have been the deciding factor or could have been a big deciding factor. Yeah, I, I agree. So um, I'm sure that was a huge relief for him. He already has his one World Series ring, which I'm sure every player wants more than one, but I'm sure for him it was more like, I'm glad they got this done. Like, I know that's why Betts was traded for, and he probably knows he was brought over here to try and help along the way with that too. So um, it's cool to know that that's all that mattered to him, that he was just happy for the team that won. Not It wasn't like a whole poor me. I wish I was there so I could have got that, been a part of that. He was just happy for the team. Um, some good news is, uh, depending, well, I guess, depending on how you feel, people like myself worried about, uh, some clubhouse, the, all of the clubhouse going on with Trevor Bauer, some players came out and basically told people like myself to shut up, uh, said that they're actually very happy with Bauer in the clubhouse and that they think he's going to mesh well with the team. And they think he'll be, they believe he will be a great fit. Bueller pretty much says all he needs to go out there and perform. And uh, that's all they really care about, which at the end of the day, I don't think that surprises any of us. So, Hey, as long as things are going good in that uh, clubhouse, I, that's all yeah. we can really ask for. That's, right. That's, what's good. that's, <laughs> that's exactly what it's going to be. I, I always felt like he's going to be fine in the clubhouse. His only issue is fans aren't going to like him, but honestly, I don't think he cares. I really yeah. don't. If he did, yeah. he'd stop doing what he's doing. He doesn't care. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to like the guy. You can, you can love the guy. I'm not the biggest fan of him. Uh, but as I mean, Hey, if, if the Dodgers can stand beside him and he goes out there and win games, then so be it. Um, if you do, I will say this, if you don't want him on the team, you're going to want to cheer for him to do well, because there's no way he's opting out of 40 million next year if he has a bad season. So really, if you want him to opt out, you might want to cheer for him to do well because uh he's going to be here for two years unless something crazy happens so uh i just thought it was Again, great I, yeah i'm not the biggest fan of him his personality or yeah. i guess his off-field personality. personality i like his on-field personality his off-field personality i'm not a fan of yeah. but again we're not all going to agree on on different things as long as he helps the team win i don't care cool yeah that's yeah it's at the end of the day then he's here two years and then he's gone yeah yeah pretty much so either way it's not a long time thing I just will say I am very glad to hear a couple players come out especially someone like Kershaw uh come out and say these things because I think it does matter I I think Bueller and May's opinions are important but at the end of the day they guys like Kershaw right. and Betts were at the top of the Kershaw, list Kershaw, and Turner if yeah. they say positive things then we're, I'm good here yeah so the fact that Kershaw came out and said that they he's feeling good about it and he doesn't see any issues made me feel good like maybe maybe Trevor Bauer's just a dick and he's okay with that and at the end of the day we just kind of have to accept it because there's nothing he, we can he do is about. okay with like, that yeah, like yeah he doesn't seem to care so if that's <laughs> if he that's the way he the wants villain. to go yeah if that's the way he wants it's, to go I mean hey, look just just don't talk shit to other players and then please do not get lit up by the Mets in August. Like that's all I'm asking for because it's the, we're going to have to, it's coming. We're going to have to be the ones who get like the fan base is going to be the one who just gets harassed and nonstop for it. So please, he's going to go five innings, give him five runs. Uh, It's just never going to be the end of it on Twitter. Nope. It's just going to be what it is. And then Marcus Stroman and Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard. And you know, it's, it's just one game. I don't care. No, Uh, I know it's, it's not, I know for him personally, it might be like, oh shit. But for me, I mean, what the, 
I, I'm not, I'm not, if we're, if we're stressed out about one win at the end of August, uh, I think yeah. we got some bigger things that we have to worry about than uh, Trevor Bauer having a bad outing. So uh, on to our last kind of, this wasn't a media thing. This was actually on Courtney Turner's podcast. So her and Justin do a podcast together. And I actually really liked this episode. They went super in depth about spring training. Like it's crazy all of the different protocols that are happening, all of the different things like players now have an app every morning that they have to wake up and put their symptoms into. They've got trackers that if they come in within six feet of someone else, it starts beeping like crazy. So they really broke down all of this, what they do with the food now. But something that stuck out to me um, was about what Turner said, how he's switching his workout uh, routine this off season, because something you and I were concerned about with him coming back was not his talent level, but whether or not he was going to stay healthy enough to be on the field for 140 ish games a season, whatever it may be. Um, well, Turner made a point this off season to relax on the weightlifting and to go very full force into yoga and focus on his flexibility because he said for him, his main thing this season is staying healthy and making sure that he can move well and is on the field as much as possible. Isn't, isn't that what AJ Pollock did last year? And he yeah, had a and look at year? yeah, AJ Pollock started getting. I mean, there's only sixty games, but still. Yeah, uh, and he stayed healthy. So I'm I'm very happy to hear this. He said he cut back a ton on weightlifting and is focusing on his flexibility. He's been doing yoga, all of that kind of stuff. So that could That's be great for him. About. If yes. that, yeah, that's what we need. Uh, I'm not concerned that's, about his that's talent. been my only issue is yeah. you being on the field. That's it. yeah. So he, he took notice to that in the podcast that it was his main priority this season is figuring out how to stay healthy, stay on the field, uh, which I'm glad to hear dude got a, a pretty decent contract for a 36 AAV wise, decent money. So, um, I'm glad he's coming out here. Not he's, he's not just mailing it in. He's coming out here to, uh, really give it as give it as all and I, I respect so, it. So quick question. I haven't really been on uh social media that much, but has since the pitchers and catchers have been there, has, has there been any talk about who looks the best so far or who's looked really good? Yes, there has been. Um I actually have it saved right here. Barnes was a very, very big on a on David Price, Corey Knebel, and Walker Bueller. Those are the ones that stood out to uh, Austin Barnes the most so far. Ah, one of those names is music to my ears. I'm so excited for Knebel. I cannot get over <laughs> what, because I know that's who you were talking about. I can't, <sighs> like, I, I, I don't think I've ever been so excited for, like, a relief pitcher. Like, what is this? Some random ass guy. Like, probably going to be a seventh or eighth inning guy, maybe nine innings if we don't commit to a closer, which we'll get to in a second, because unfortunately it sounds like we are. Um, but I'm super excited for Knebel. I think he's going to be fantastic. And I think he's kind of got- said anything? About who um, I I do remember seeing that somebody I don't know if it was Roberts, but somebody said that Julio looks the best he's been in. That was since. Roberts. So okay. The thing is, though, is the best shape of my life is always a running joke at freaking spring it is, training. But Julio always comes but in a little. You know. Julio in pictures does look like he's slimmed down, so I will give him that. They posted pictures of him walking into camp, and he does look slimmed down. Uh, that was a conversation back in 2019. It was something I kind of noticed a little bit. He had looked like he put on weight. 2020 looked a little better. So hopefully he continued that this year. Um, speaking of Julio Urias, 
oh man, his dad probably got the sweetest tattoo I've ever seen in my life. His dad got the World Series trophy, and then in the middle of the World Series trophy is Urias yelling and celebrating after they won. It's so badass. It takes it takes up his whole arm. It's sweet. Um, But damn, talk about like dad goals. Your kid pitching the final out and getting that (laughs) tattooed on you like that's that's wild. That's so cool. But yeah, no, um, those are the ones that Barnes was looking good about. And I feel good hearing that from Barnes. Barnes knows these, uh, knows not really, I guess he doesn't really know Price or Knable, knows Bueller, but he knows our pitching staff, knows what yeah. the team wants to see, what the coaches want to see. So have the hitters um, started yet? No, they like have saw, that's for, well, saw them coming in. They've been taking BP, but the first full okay. squad workout is today. Okay. So yeah, they've been taking BP, but I think like live BP and all that stuff can start today. Okay. I know um, some of my friends were like, you should go watch their live VP, uh, BP video. And I was like, why? <laughs> it's just batting practice. What am I missing? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anything yet in that regards. Um, but, so, yeah. but they were just like, just listen to the pop off of bats. And I was like, Ooh, that does sound nice though. So oh, the Dodgers have that. been, yeah. You need to get back on social media. Cause the Dodgers have been posting some, uh, some I hate great social media so much. Popping the gloves and uh, some great BP videos. It's all, they've been posting just like some ASMR basically for baseball fans. These last so, yeah, couple days. I think I'll get back on, but I'm just going to mute everything except for the Dodgers. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's really all you need to keep up with. So just mute everything and everyone, but the people who, and just don't read yeah. the comments. As long as you don't read the comments, uh, I don't, it's I a little safer. It's a little safer on there, but uh, something I wanted to briefly discuss before we get out of here, before we get onto the MLB news was um, we have committed to Canley Jansen as our opening day starter, according to Roberts. I am not a fan of opening that. Day closer, I, closer. Yeah. what did I say? You said starter. Oh, shit. Oh, God. He is not going to be. That would be even worse. God. Um, He expects him to be our opening day closer. And I get it. Um, They probably aren't going to tell Jansen, especially in the last year of his contract, where the, I I, like, I hope he comes in with a fire under his ass because it's the last year of his contract. But I don't like that they are committing to Jansen this early when he lost his spot in the playoffs. When you basically lost your closer role, I'm just not a fan of already giving it back to him. Um, I'm very much on the page of those last three outs should be whatever the best matchup is where Jansen is right now until someone else is ready to take over. Like if Knable came in, Trinan, or when Gratterall's time is, that's fine if we want to commit to closer. But I don't know how I feel about, yeah. Well, yeah, Gratterall still has time. He needs to miss more bats, but... As for Jansen, I don't like the commitment this early on. Um, I just feel like it asks for more BS down the line. If they have a short leash and they pull him, is he going to kind of do his whole thing he did last year where he started throwing teammates under the bus? I will say Joe Davis posted a little side note where I didn't know this, but Kenley Jansen actually induced like the lowest um, hard rate hit, hard rate percentage like last season the top pitcher in a hard hit percentage okay that's what it is there's the proper but was he still giving up runs though yeah yeah Yeah. a little bit he was yeah the problem i'm well it gave up a lot more i'm gonna be honest but not a lot of it was hard the unfortunate part is that it was a lot of key contact in a way Uh, i'm gonna be honest unlucky but i mean once he faced the Astros and we had like a seven run lead and he almost blew it. I was completely over. Oh my God. See, I was just about to tell you, I literally have blanked everything about Jansen out of my mind from 2020. And now you just brought that up and I'm so mad. 
I'm so I'm, mad that they. Oh, I, I completely man, forgot about that. Listen, we would have we would have swept every game. We would have season swept the Astros. I think had that game. I yeah. think that was the only yeah. one we lost. Like we would have season swept them. And God, to give up that many runs, that was awful. Like, yeah. I either way, I don't like the commitment this early on. I don't know your thoughts on it. Um, honestly, I didn't. I didn't take too much from it. Um, it's so for me it's wording he said it's his expectation i mean we all expect things doesn't mean it's going to happen um now will this happen probably and that's fine as long as he's not the closer come playoff time then i'm fine so like roberts has his expectation that chance is going to be the the opening day closer i have my expectation that canable is going to be the closer by the summer i feel like it's coming um and the fact that you said that was it Barnes or Roberts had said Canable looked great. Yeah, Barnes. Only solidifies to me that Canable's gonna be the closer some point this season. Um, so if he's the opening day closer, I'm cool with it. If he's the closer come playoff time, then I'm gonna have an issue. Um, so should he have to earn it? Uh coming off his last three years, yes, he should. Uh, because I think a healthy competition would work, but um especially with like Canable trying in. I can't throw Greta on there yet. I, I like him, but he doesn't miss enough bats. Um, but with Canable and Trinan and Jansen having like those three compete for the closer role, I think it would be good. But if they just want to give it to Jansen, fine. He's not going to keep it. I can almost guarantee that. I, I agree with the expectation thing. It could just be Roberts. I think what a lot of people um, tend to miss with Roberts is he's the manager. A lot of his job is to make sure his players are feeling good and that he instills confidence in them. So if Roberts, I get it. Cause at the same time, if he was, if Jason he were to, needs confidence in himself. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, very much. And he so. needs to stop having people boost his ego. Like if you, if you're not uh, comfortable with yourself and you don't believe in yourself, then anybody else telling you things not really going to matter. It seems very mental with him because the fact that he can sometimes hit 93 and 94 and then other games, like he's barely touching 92. Like, it's just so weird to me. I don't think his arm has like gone out on him. I I know we dealt with COVID last year. So I'm hoping this year is different. Like I said, I hope with him being on his last year, the contract, he does different. I also want Trevor Bauer to pass some of his sticky stuff because if he can figure out his cutter with Trevor Bauer's shit, we're going to, nobody's going to be hitting that thing. So, I mean, Hey, Trevor Bauer did take over being his partner and um, has apparently been ch- his throwing partner and has apparently been challenging. That Jansen. Right? <laughs> yeah, That's amazing. They're, they're, they're throwing partners. And uh, he said, he's actually been challenging Jansen and making him like, I guess, I don't know if he's like making him throw or trying to like amp him up, but I guess, I guess, Hey, it's mostly probably stop being a bitch and let's do this. Yeah. If it's coming from Bauer, it's probably like, bro, get the fuck over it. You gave up some runs, Facts. get back out there That's and then insane. walk off, walk off the mound. Like you own that shit. Everybody gives up runs, man. It's okay. You'll be all right. Just yeah. He, he always seems like it hits him a little bit more than uh, yeah. it does everyone yeah. else. And I, I have a feeling a lot of that probably stemmed from 2017. He probably took a lot of blame for uh, that world series, but at the end of the I day, yeah, I did too. I know uh, a lot of people blame Kershaw. I blamed him. He was. I blamed him. Player. Yeah, him and Kershaw were my top two. I am willing to forgive them. For two. I don't See, care about. But for me, I couldn't. Anymore. I couldn't blame Kershaw just because he was great in Game One and Game, game seven. seven. Yes, Game Five was it was bad, but um, one and seven, he did his goddamn thing. So I 
Can't really be bad that Jansen was bad all series, so you know. I mean, yeah. So was Darvish. Yeah, that's true. Darvish was bad. And also, I this is really random. I was rewatching like highlights, and Darvish was missing a lot of pitches against the Diamondbacks in his start there. So really, and he was coming. fantastic too. He was that, he yeah. was hanging a lot of sliders. So uh, like guys were just missing them. The Diamondbacks just suck. That's so what happened. we uh. <laughs> we all should have seen it coming. Yeah, Chase Utley, I think, told him he was tipping pitches too. So um i yeah i guess pitches getting signs stolen so yeah 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 what a yeah Uh, poor guy um yeah so i i I know sorry he was working with the team and then damn corona hit like he was out there helping out players and like development stuff i think and then corona hit so he couldn't be around the team anymore uh so i know he was like on that yeah, he was out at like Sportsnet LA doing stuff on the broadcast. He was spending time around players. Like, I think he's a perfect type of role model for baseball. Like, if you want a guy that's going to just teach you to go out there and work your ass off, like, it's going to be Chase Utley. Play the game hard. Hey, hey Chase, you want to you wanna work with somebody? I have yeah, we have a second baseman. Second yes. baseman. He's also a lefty, a lefty, too. Man, hold yeah. on. Wait a minute. Yeah. Chase, some, I need you. Time there. I'm hoping I Mookie need you is to help spending. my boy out. I'm hoping Mookie is spending plenty of time with him. I think Mookie would be great for Lux. I I really want Mookie and Turner to just sit with him and just break some things down. Um, I'm assuming whatever video was posted, it looked good for him because, I mean, my friends wouldn't tell me otherwise to go look at it. So I'm assuming Lux was in there somewhere doing something. Hey, he posted a picture of himself at spring training. The comments are on, so I'm happy for him. Uh, (laughs) The comments are on. Let's hope it means people will stop being assholes and give him a chance to play some damn games. Like, he's not even played a full season yet worth of games. Uh, I'm I'm not going to say it out loud, but I'll I'll tell you privately what's going to happen. All right. Sounds good. Um, I, I, I like him. I like, I like him having a good season this year. I could see it. I think uh, 2020 might've been like a kind of a waking up point. Like, Hey bro, maybe don't be so hard on yourself. Like all the weight, you're no longer like the centerpiece here. Like nobody's focused on Gavin Lux, the top prospect coming up. Like I, I will say my there. friend did say that uh, he saw Lux and Lux looks slimmer. Good. Good. Cause he looked weird last year when he showed up to camp he looked like like <laughs> look and i feel i do feel bad saying that because i he might have had covid uh and if he did then i but it just i feel like he just he didn't a look bit weird right. because he he he's he always looks Very, top heavy to well, he's me top, with, he's top heavy as hell he's like johnny bravo but not as yeah, dramatic he's, he's but with the hair too, top almost. heavy <laughs> yes he's so top heavy and then his bottom okay. half is like i love you don't do johnny leg day. Up. no yeah but it's funny though, because if you see his like thigh, like the dude has thighs, like I've seen him swing, like when he's in his BP shorts, like the dude has mm-hmm. thighs, but it's like his calves just don't seem to equal. Like he's so yeah. top heavy. It's like, there's no way to equal it out. But uh, yeah. Also I, Johnny I, Bravo was great. Johnny Bravo was fantastic. I yeah. loved watching that growing up. So shout out to Gavin Lux. Go have a Johnny Bravo year. Um, all the all the women will love you like Johnny so now, Bravo are we too. Call him Johnny Bravo. All year I think now? so until he yeah. Oh, okay. yeah everybody loved everybody loved Johnny Bravo. Yeah. The women loved Johnny Bravo. Like <laughs> he was a star everywhere he went. So why not? We'll just start calling him Johnny Bravo. I'm all for I'm all for feeding his ego if it's gonna make him do better. So <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I want I want him out there. I'm excited for him. I have so much like faith that he's not some bus that just came up like that i just don't think that happens like that um so i i can't wait i 
I hope he's on it's, the opening day it's roster. It's been some unfortunate circumstances, but I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, I, I hope he's our opening day second baseman. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, I'm well, if they're facing a righty, I 100% think he'll be the opening. They're day facing the Rockies, so I don't know who their number one is. That yeah. John Gray? John Gray. He's a righty, right? I think so. Or is it uh, Marquez? Marquez. 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 Right-hander as well, though. So I don't think they really have any. Is Freeland still there? Or is he, did he get? No, traded? I think he's there. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, basically, at this point, just whoever it is is the Rockies are going to be god awful. So it doesn't. I don't. It probably doesn't even matter to be honest. I would throw yeah. him out there because it's Colorado. I'd be like, bro, now is the time to boost your confidence. We got four games here. Use the Coors effect and just like pop off. Like that's at that point. Like just throw him in and let him go for it. Because if he pops off in Colorado, his ego is going to be like he's going to be so happy. So after Colorado, they go to Oakland, right? I think so, which is not ideal, if, but... If, if Oakland is allowing fans in, I'm going. Oh, yeah, because you're up there. Yeah, you should. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, on to our MLB news. Not too much. Um, well, actually, there were some decent signings in the last week. Uh, uh, there big, sure was one big one. <clears throat> yeah, one big giant extension over the last week, which I'm actually very excited about. I think it's great for baseball. Uh, Fernando's Tatis signed a 14 year extension with the Padres. I think it was like 340 million. He's played like 152 games in his career. He hasn't even played a full season. But the guy is an electric factory. He's so much fun to watch. He brings fans to the stadium. He's an elite talent. You can see he does it all. Um, and I have always said, if he's never going to end up in Dodger blue, I hope he spends his whole career in San Diego because I absolutely love watching him play. And I think he brings a really fun um, aspect to what I feel like is a growing rivalry with the Padres. I know a lot of people don't want to call him a rivalry just yet. That's fine. And I would never put them on the rivalry scale of the Giants. But in my mind, they are going to become an NL West division rival the way things are going um, if they continue to build up and actually be successful with the team they have. So it's a hell of an extension. Um, yeah. But it's, it's if you're a Padres fan, you've got to be feeling so good right now with what your team did. Like he, ha- he wasn't even going to hit arbitration and they already locked him up. Like the Padres, the Padres are the perfect example of teams being full of shit when they say a small market can't spend. Like the Padres are not a big market team. I don't care if it's San Diego. They are not considered a big market team in baseball. Yeah, they're like 27th, right? Yeah, they're team? yeah, they're not high at all. And they're out here spending an insane amount of money. Their left side Chano, of the Osmer. Yeah. Uh Atish Jr. Their left side of the infield is worth six hundred million dollars. Just the left side of the infield between Tatis and Machado. Um and I think it's great. I think this is so good for baseball. I'm excited as a Dodger fan. I cannot wait for these series. It's going to be so much fun. Um, and I just, yeah. I just hope the Padres continue to build on it. Not like in years past where they tried to build these teams and they all failed and fell apart. Um, but can we, before I start talking, can we just talk about how lucky they got getting Tatis Jr. and how stupid the White Sox were for trading him for uh, James Shields? Yeah. However, there is always the argument, which when people, I'm right there with you. People always want to defend the White Sox and say Fernando Tatis Jr. was a nothing when they traded. It was like basically a gamble for the Padres. Like they didn't know what they were getting, but could you imagine? However, at the end of the day, I guess, like if you're the White Sox, you should be pretty happy too with the way uh, your guys are turning out. But could you, I don't know where you would put him maybe at third base, Tim Anderson at 
short, but then don't they have Moncada at third base? The wife, like I'm trying to think yeah. where, I mean, you make yeah, room but, I mean, for a guy. Maybe they don't, like they don't trade for Moncada. That's true. Up there. Yeah, that's true. So could you imagine though, like being the White Sox and having Fernando Tatis, Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, like one of the best catchers in baseball under Grandall, like man, Lucas that team, Giolito. Yeah. Dylan Cease, like they're, they're going to be. Didn't the White Sox have nine players in the top 100 like the Dodgers did? Yeah. Yeah. They had nine, just like the Dodgers. Okay, so what I need for my entertainment purposes, Dodgers White Sox World Series. That'd be I love a hell Tim of a Anderson. World Series. That'd be young talent. Yeah, I love talent. I love Tim Anderson. So I think that'd be great. I have. want to win. I want to like be up 3-0 in the World Series, and then I want Tim Anderson to just crush a home run off a pitcher, <laughs> off a pitcher I don't really care about, and just fucking throw his bat at the dugout like he did against the Royals. Like that's all I want to see. But I want to be like up far enough that it matters, where it's like, oh, okay, whatever, have your home run and let me enjoy it. But like we're still gonna win the World Series. That was the biggest disappointment for me when uh, 2020 got screwed up. The Dodgers were supposed to be going to uh, Chicago to play the White Sox, and they did not get to. So that bummed me out a lot. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, as far as Tatis Jr. goes, um, I know I saw a lot of people have questions because it's been what 140 games, uh, yeah, something like that, 140, 150. So it's like a, it's a small sample size, but I mean, let's make no mistake, he's he's been really fucking good over these last two seasons. Um, I know his offense took a little bit of a dip, but his defense really picked up. Um, I don't think he's going to suddenly be bad. Um, I think he's very well going to be worth the money plus more. Um, so, and again, like you mentioned, he's super fun to watch. I think this is a good deal for, for both. Um, I did see that he has, he owes some firm like $30 million though. So he signed with some firm. Um, I forget the name of it. It's like BLA or something like that. Basically what they do is they take top touted prospects that are expected to be very good and they loan them a certain amount of money and that player when they want to make a loan on that money has to owe a percentage of their future contract back if they do not make it to the big leagues and do not sign a big future contract that they don't ever have to pay back that money so last i have heard they don't know his percentage but it could be i think as high as i want to say 10 percent. so at the most he could be owing this agency 30 million on top of the five percent he has to already owe his agent his agent um, yeah so yeah he though i mean hey the reason he took that money was because he wanted to get a better apartment eat better and update and have better uh workout regimen in san diego as well as he went home to the dominican republic so i respect well, it, it worked it's it a worked, hell of a gamble clearly. on yourself and i respect yeah. it because like you said he's only been around for 140 150 games but the type of talent that he shows that doesn't just disappear his hard his hard hit percentage, exit velocity, and barrel percentage were all in the 100th percentile in 2020. That doesn't just go away. That's insane. Like his slugging, expected slugging was 97. His outs above average was 99. His sprint speed was 98th percentile. Like that doesn't go away. He He's not just all of a sudden going to suck. And I feel like he's got it all. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a true five a tool player and I'm excited to watch him play the Dodgers because I think it's I think this stuff's good for baseball I think it's good that yes we're absolutely. signing young talent and like this when we talk about the face of the league that's it right there <laughs> I think he, he fits perfectly yeah, I mean of course a, there's oh, always yeah. trout but trout's kind of boring 
Yeah, Trout, Trout Trout's amazing, but he's a little boring. He doesn't say yeah. anything. Do I don't anything. think he wants to be the face, which is fine. That's totally great. That's but fine. I think yeah. but I think Fernando Tatis wants to be and he's embraced it. Uh the dude is fantastic on social media, knows how to always entertain. He's on the MLB the show. He knows how to go to a game and you're always having fun. So I'm I'm all well, for it. I love I'm it. getting the Jackie Robinson edition, but yeah. Well, yeah, you him. should. Yeah, no. Yeah, but <laughs> a couple other signings uh, over the last week, very quickly. Brett Anderson signed with the Brewers for one year, two point five million. Uh, he's a lefty, but I'm looking forward to teeing off on him. To be honest, not not always the wasn't ever the biggest fan of him. Uh, Angel, or sorry, not Angel. Aaron Sanchez signs a one year deal worth four million with the Giants. Mitch Moreland signed a one year deal with the A's worth two point two five million. Trevor Rosenthal got himself a nice one year eleven million dollar deal with the A's. Um, the A's confused me. I'm just yeah. gonna keep it real because I think Moreland and Rosenthal are very useful so i'm not understanding why you're doing that and then trading away like letting and well uh, and letting simeon walk and walk trading and away it, yeah I, that's what other that's, people said confusing. too they're, so they're like confusing. you just paid 11 million dollars for a relief pitcher and you couldn't find a way to keep simeon like really i don't know even be, before ozuna signed with the braves there was talk about the rays being involved and i was like how do you trade blake snell and let charlie morton walk and then go give um Ozuna all that money that makes no sense to me so the A's and Rays are really just just weird yeah no I I agree with you I don't I don't get what they're doing I don't I don't like teams like that teams like that suck like if you have a winning team and you have a chance to win like your rebuild should never take more than two three years I feel like at max because these teams are talented they just don't want to play the thing the the rebuild never gets that far there's they, they trade away all their players but then they're still happen to make the playoffs because their developing is good and but, i almost feel like, like that's on purpose to be honest like the, the ownership knows like hey we can keep the fans yes. interested enough as long as we get to the playoffs which is a joke uh, it's it should so not be dumb, that way but at the same time ace if you really want to do this i will gladly take matt chapman off your hands yeah um you know, name your price and we're good to go. Yeah, we'll have a DH next year. So we'll find a way to work him in there with a uh, Turner and Perfect. until we get, until we get our DH. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going on with the A's are a weird team. Uh, Taiwan Walker signed with the Mets on a two year, two $20 million deal. Uh, he had a really good year last year. I think he was only finished under Trevor Bauer in ERA plus in the 2020 season. So I guess they're kind of hoping to oh, get he that. Was that good. Jesus. Yeah, I think that's what I saw is he was like the only second he was like right under Trevor Bauer uh, in 2020. So for ERA plus that is but yeah, I think the Mets could be interesting for them. It's one of those scenarios that like Cindergard has to come back and do well. Taiwan Walker is going to have to show up like it's not one of those things that like they're just a set like his ERA plus last year total was 161. That's insane. <laughs> He was with the Mariners, uh, right, last year? He was actually with the Mariners and Toronto. He was traded. Oh, okay. So he made five starts in Seattle where he put up a – where is the ERA? Oh, wow. So he put up a four ERA in Seattle and then went to Toronto, which is weird because they're in the same division. No, they're not. Sorry. Toronto's in AL East. Never mind. Went to the AL East and got a 1.37 ERA in six starts. So – um 26 innings so when he went over to the al east and the al east is definitely a much better hitting uh division yeah. i feel like than the yeah. al west is so yeah. even like even though the red sox aren't good their offense is still their offense good, yeah 
yeah, then so. yeah the rays are are not the rays sorry the jays are stepping i mean he was on the jays but now he's not jays stepping up uh so yeah yankees he faced the, he faced there, the yankees yeah. the red Sox. so uh yeah he signed there brett gardner returned to the yankees on a one-year deal for four million jake lamb signed with the braves for a one-year one million dollar contract and then uh, old friend Brian Dozier announced his retirement. He played 47 games for the Dodgers in 2018 after he was traded for at the trade deadline for Logan Forsythe, Devin Smelter, and Luke Rayleigh, who was ironically enough back with the Dodgers. Uh, Rayleigh came back in that trade for Gratterall in 2020. But Dozier went on to win the World Series with the Nationals in 2019, played one more year in 2020, and has decided to call it a career. So uh, good for him. Went on and got that World Series ring with the Nats the following year after making it with us in 2018 and falling short he to the Red fell Sox. Off really so, fast. yeah, he did. He did. He went from like being the guy every Dodger fan wanted in like 2015 or 16, and then just like oh, I I 100 wanted him. Yeah, like I I remember like everyone was pushing for him, and he was good. I remember looking at his numbers, and then I don't know what happened in like 17, 18, or whatever. Fell off. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Congrats to him on retirement though. That's yeah. It's it's weird so, seeing seeing guys that like not that he was like a big name, like obviously a lot of the guys we grew up with are retired like have already retired, but it's weird to see guys that like are just starting to retire. So like Scott Casmir hasn't even retired yet. That dude just signed a minor league deal with the Giants. Yeah, he just signed I, a minor league like, deal with the Giants. That dude just is still saw playing. That and I was like, <laughs> wait the scott casimir i yeah. thought he retired a long time i ago. thought he's been done for like years but i mean i don't think he's Why? been playing like yeah. anywhere but hey good old uh, uh he's apparently he's been sitting 92 93 yeah what? i saw him what? i actually saw him in rancho randomly at quakes game i think two years ago 19 or 18 and like i was like that like it looks familiar in the bullpen like oh my god casimir and he threw like scoreless innings so I don't know. He can still pitch. Wait, he hasn't. He hasn't pitched in a big league game since twenty six since the Dodgers in twenty sixteen. Yeah, I don't think he ever played for the Braves. What? He's thirty seven. <laughs> oh, this is great. Well, hey, good. Wait, for he's thirty seven, hitting yeah. ninety three still. Yeah, he's thirty seven, hitting ninety two, ninety three on the gun. Man, and that's that's more than Kershaw. Hold up, here. Farhan. Farhan Zaidi said, "Hey, let's let's run it back real quick. Come hit us up. Come to San Francisco." <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, I mean, hey, baseball, baseball's this, the wild. Giants are doing doing a little things, but I I think Farhan's got them in the right direction. I will say that. Yeah, Farhan helped the Dodgers along with Friedman get in the right direction. He did. Friedman didn't need him much longer. Uh, but yeah, no, he's he's heading in the good way. And again, I think it's good. I think more competition in the NL West, the better. I am not worried about any of these teams. The only team that gives me some real question is the Padres, but I'm not worried they actually are going to overtake us for the division. Um, I just think it'll be good baseball. So we shall see what happens. But that was all I had this week. Did you have anything yeah, else? Yeah, just just one last thing. I know because everybody, you know, even our own fans don't really like Trevor Bauer. That's fine. I get it. Um, so they're going to take the, the Mets side on this, but nah, fuck that. I've never liked the Mets like that, uh, especially after Chase Utley. Um, so the Mets can suck my dick. And um, I'm rocking with Trevor Bauer on this one. I don't care. Let's, let's do this. Oh, I don't ever. I'm yeah, I don't. I thought it was funny to watch and I thought he took an L in the argument. But like at the end of the day, I'm always about to see the argument. What was, the, what was the argument? It was Noah Syndergaard posted some picture. <laughs> posted a picture of him laughing at uh it like training at training camp one of the pictures and 
he like made a joke about Bauer, like saying, oh, when someone comes to your, uh, or when he was, he said, and then he said, I'm sorry, I chose another team, but I'll donate to your charities. Like laughing at Bauer for Bauer doing that. And Bauer was like, uh, Bauer said, when mistakes are made, you try to make them right. I know you wouldn't know anything about making mistakes though. Hope rehab is treating you well. It was good to see you back throwing. And True. then Noah Syndergaard like pulled up some other stuff. And then <laughs> Trevor Bauer pulled up old uh, Instagram like screenshots that was of Noah Syndergaard calling his fans like a bitch and saying like, your wife likes me with a shirt off and stuff like that. Uh, and so it was just like stupid back and it was funny. It was stupid back and forth. And then Noah Syndergaard said, keep digging. And Trevor Bauer just went like, and um, then oh, what did he say? He said, see you at the bottom. And then okay. Syndergaard said, you bring a drone in your mixtape and it's a deal. Uh, and, and then okay. Bauer. That, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bauer okay, just so, said, you, yeah, he, yeah. He said, you've got yourself a date. And then that was, yeah. Okay. So it seems like maybe Trevor Barrett can't take a joke, but then I also feel like he might've been joking as well. So I, think I don't think just, that was yeah. too bad. It no, was, it wasn't. I thought it was, it was pretty even until he said, see you. The drone oh, in the mixtape. The mixtape yeah. that I was like, okay, that would hurt a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. When you go out on the world series mound, cause your drone fingers like bust in blood. That's not something that you want to, uh, really have to think about so yeah no it was it, that type of stuff I'm all for it I think that's great yeah. I'm I, like it's fun for the sport I like it these guys are competitive they're athletes they're alpha males like let them go out there and talk their shit it is going to be so much fun in August because hopefully corona is basically over by then god I hope to have freaking Shea Stadium or is that what it's called now I don't know no, city no city, city field, field. City. City field. Whoa. Total, total throwback there city field um I don't even know. I don't even know why that came to my you know, mind. The polo grounds, right? Yeah. The right? polo grounds. The Giants, uh, right? Or was that, I don't know. The uh, uh, City Field. Uh, yeah, those Giants. To, to, yeah, to hopefully be packed with a ton of fans for Cindergard and Stroman on the mound. And then the same thing when they come back to LA when Bowers on the mound. Hopefully it's just packed with Dodger fans. Um, Mets are going to be decent. It should be fun. So. I expect a lot from that from Bauer this year. And I expect a ton of pitchers to also, and other players to take shots at him. If he does stuff on the mound or if they hit a whole big home run off of him, because that's the type of stuff he asked for last year. Uh, he called Tim Anderson soft for not bat flipping off. him when Tim Anderson hit a bomb off of him. So he definitely asks for this kind of stuff. So it should be that side of things should be kind of fun. Um, I'm actually surprised Tim Anderson didn't do that. I know hitting a bomb off of Trevor Bauer. I know. Yeah. That, that to me, I thought was a little interesting, but I, I'm all for Trevor Bauer calling him soft. Cause he didn't do it. Like, I think it's great that players do this stuff. And Amir Garrett said the same thing. Amir Garrett came out the other day and said, go ahead and bat flip poppy. He just said, don't get mad when I come screaming off the mound and I strike you out. And I'm all good with that too. Like let it's, it's so good for the game. And it's See, what Amir Garrett also will fight a whole team by yeah. himself. So you know. yeah, Amir Garrett doesn't <laughs> care. I, which, Hey, no. Hey, I respect it too. I respect that. Too. Any guy that's going to go out there and fight a whole like team for their teammate. He I ran at the it. whole bitch. And after that, I was like, I really want the Dodgers yeah. to trade for him. Yeah. I could you imagine a team full of him, Bueller, Kelly and Bauer, like those four, like just out there, like, just oh man that'd be or even him on the bench he, with he, him muncie and he, barnes yeah he charged the bench he charged the bench as and then Puig came in 15 minutes after he was traded for bauer 
That's oh, that's right. I, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's oh, right. That's right. I remember that. As trade rumors were going around. That's good stuff. Funny. Good stuff. But that's it for us. I think we might have actually already gone over an hour. Yeah. So uh, it was good, good conversation. Good stuff. Hopefully you guys listened to the whole way through. If you haven't already, please make sure to leave us a rating or review, whatever you want to call it. Make sure you guys follow the podcast. You can keep up with all of our stuff at Dodger Yard, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. I'm trying to think what else, basically everything, TikTok, TikTok, all that stuff. So Follow us on there. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randy underscore Radcliffe. Uh, you can go to allmylinks.com slash Konu, K-O-N-U, and you can find all my social media on there. And you guys have heard a little bit more from our producer today. Uh, that is Ray, if you want to give out your social media too, because you might be hearing from me a little bit more on this podcast. Yeah, I, I'm at Stingray417 on Twitter uh, and Insta, but like that's private so dude don't follow don't follow that you just can follow, follow me but just like don't be intimidated by the fact that it's private yeah that's what you're going to on twitter um tweet about a lot of baseball sports and you know the occasional politics and bigfoot whatever yeah all the all the good stuff but as always we appreciate you guys tuning in listening and uh following along so we hope you have the good rest of your morning night afternoon weekend whenever it is you listen to this and next episode we come to you guys we'll be talking about a dodger baseball game spring training or not we will at least have live baseball on our tvs to talk about so i'm excited and we will catch you guys next week bye guys see you later guys